an awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing that in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Now when the people of Israel had crossed over the Jordan, the citizens of Jericho shut up their gates and prepared the city against attack. I wonder when the Israelites will attack. Any day now. Uh, well, we're ready for them. They'll never take Jericho. I ask you, what can they do against walls like ours? Uh, their army is very large, and that commander of theirs, Joshua, is a pretty good general. Uh, Just look at what they did to King Sion of the Amorites and Og of Bashan. That rabble. Why, anybody could have beaten them. <laughs> but it's another thing altogether to attack a strongly fortified city. Why, the Israelites haven't even got any siege engines or battering rams. Well, uh, maybe they're building some. Well, look for yourself. You can see the whole of their camp from this turret. Do you see any sign of building? No, I don't. Oh, oh. But wait a minute. Something's going on. There's activity and... Uh, uh, their army's beginning to march out. Probably starting the attack. Give the alarm. The Israelites, the Israelites are coming. What are they up to, anyway? They're, they're just marching around the city. That's a funny way to attack. And what, what's that strange thing they're carrying under those drapes? Oh, maybe it's a secret weapon of some sort. Secret weapon? Oh, I know what it is. It's probably that thing they call the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> All it is is a box with a couple of stone tables in it. <laughs> they claim their God wrote his laws on them with his own finger. Well, what about those seven men walking in front? Uh, who are they? Yeah, those must be priests. Hey, hey, listen. There goes the signal for the attack. No, no. They're not attacking. They're marching straight on, see? I've never seen anything like it. They're just marching around the city. And in complete silence. Oh, except for those trumpets. And there they go again. And now they're heading back to their camp. Oh, thank goodness. What does it all mean? Well, they must have a secret weapon. That's the only explanation. So the army of Israel and the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about at once. And the second day they returned and circled around Jericho again, even as the Lord had commanded. What are they trying to do? Frighten us into surrender? Now, if so, they're wasting their time. I'm scared of that god of theirs. Remember what he did to the Egyptian army in the Red Sea? Uh, yes. Oh, I wish they'd attack. Then we'll see who's stronger. Their god or our stout walls and sharp swords. Oh, they're turning back to their camp again. Oh, why don't you come and fight, you dogs? Why don't you fight like men? Now, take it easy. Take it easy. Don't you see that's just what they want us to do? Lose our nerve? And the 
children of Israel marched around Jericho once every day for six days. On the seventh day, they rose at dawn, and Joshua addressed them, saying, This day we will march around the city not once, but seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests blow their trumpets, you shall shout all together as loud as you can. They shall shout all together. And the Lord shall deliver the city into our hands and all that are in it. But when you come to the house of Rahab, to the house with the scarlet cord bound in the window, you shall in no way harm any people that are in the house. For Rahab gave shelter to our two spies and saved their lives. That's right, I was one of them. So now, with God's help, let us go out and capture Jericho! The army of Israel and the Ark of the Covenant, preceded by seven priests, marched around Jericho six times, and at the seventh time, the priests blew their trumpets. Now, shout as loud as you can! And when the people shouted with a great shout, the walls of Jericho fell down flat. No! Attack! Attack! The Lord has given us the city! Attack! And the Israelites took the city and utterly destroyed all that was in Jericho. But they spared Rahab and her family, even as had been promised. Now, burn the city with fire! And when the flames had consumed the city, Joshua called all the army together and addressed them, saying, We have won a great victory! The city of Jericho is no more! So the Lord was with Joshua in the battle of Jericho, and his fame spread throughout Canaan. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
why are you sitting under this tree looking like you don't have a friend in this whole world? <sighs> because I don't have a friend in this whole world. What about Alita? Isn't she your friend? She used to be. Now she thinks she's in love with Carl and doesn't have time for me. What about Caitlin? I've seen you guys hanging out. We're not speaking. Long story. Dana? You once said that Dana was the perfect friend. I was wrong. So you're just going to sit here being depressed? That's my plan. Rico, being depressed isn't good for you. It makes you sit under trees and sigh all day long. You stop doing stuff, which means you don't get any exercise. You start eating junk food like ice cream and donuts, which make you fat. You start getting bad grades in school. And soon, you're a little old, fat, grouchy lady living in a cabin in the woods talking to raccoons. Sounds good to me. Come on, stop being depressed. How? Well, first of all, let's go for a walk. That'll get your blood flowing, and that'll take the oxygen to your brain and make you feel better. Then we'll stop by Habib's Market and buy some mangoes. You love mangoes. Then we'll pass by Dana's house and throw a brick through her window. <laughs> Sam, you really know how to cheer me up. You're a pretty good friend. Hey, I thought you didn't have any friends in this whole world. I was wrong. I've got you. And don't you forget it, girl. By the way, do you have any money? Mr. Habib doesn't give mangoes away, you know. I have to buy my own mango? Hey, it's your depression. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 10, Maria's Surprise. After all their gear was packed up, the shoebox kids said goodbye to Jake, Jeff, Tony, and Bonzo. When they started for home, Maria sat in the front seat with Mr. Teller. Sammy and Willie were in the back. On the way down the steep mountain road, Willie and Sammy looked curiously at Maria. Um, Maria? Sammy began. Uh, why are you so mad at Chris? Maria turned around to talk through the space between the seat backs. I'm sure he told Dad I did something bad, she said, so I'll be getting in trouble for it when I get home. You must really be worried, Sammy said. You've been upset almost the whole trip. Yeah, Willie said. What did he say about you? I don't know. Huh? I don't know, she repeated. Then how do you know he was getting you into trouble, Willie asked. So Maria told them the whole story of hearing her dad in Chris's room the night before they left. As she talked, she kept her eyes on a spot on the floor between them. And then I heard Mom coming, so I ran to the bathroom, and when I asked Chris about it, he just grinned and said, You won't get away with it this time. She looked up, expecting to see sympathy on their faces, but she saw the boys glance at each other, eyes sparkling as though they shared a joke. Then Sammy quickly looked out the window as though the trees were suddenly very interesting. Maria noticed him biting his bottom lip, but that didn't stop the corners of his mouth from turning up. He's laughing at me, Maria thought. Then she looked at Willie. He also was staring hard out the window. He had his hand up so she couldn't see his face. Willie's laughing at me, too. Suddenly, she thought about showing them the piece of the note she had found, but when she searched in her pockets, she realized she must have dropped it when the bear scared her. 
During the rest of the trip, the boys talked to her like everything was fine, but she noticed that their eyes still sparkled as if they knew a secret. Chris and Maria's little sister, Yo-Yo, was waiting at the door when they got home. Was it fun, she asked. Did you like it? Can I go next time? Were you scared? You'll love it when you get to go, Chris told her. We saw three bears and snakes that were bigger than you. As Chris continued, Maria hugged her parents. They seem really glad to see me, she thought, and they don't act mad. Maria didn't know what to think now. Two days later, Maria spent the afternoon at Dee Dee's house. They sat on blankets in the backyard and wrote about the raft trip. I wrote about that mother bear scaring me, Maria said, a little shiver running down her back. But should I write about fighting with Chris? I'm putting it in my story. You know, it's funny. Dad's never said a single thing to me about being in trouble. Maria laid her pencil down. Everybody acts so normal. You worry too much, Dee Dee told Maria, glancing at her watch. Are you almost finished? Almost. Me too. Dee Dee, have you ever thought, maybe we will become famous authors? Maria imagined herself bowing and smiling as people clapped for her when she walked down the street. Just then, Dee Dee's mom stuck her head out the door. She smiled, nodded to Dee Dee, and went back in. Dee Dee jumped up. I got an idea, she said. Let's go over to your house and read our stories to Yo-Yo. As they neared home, Maria noticed that the drapes were closed. Why did mom do that, she thought. She only closes them at night. I wonder why the drapes are closed, Maria said out loud. Maybe something's the matter. She ran up the front steps with Dee Dee close behind her. She pushed the door open. Mom, she called. Mom, where are you? In the kitchen, Mom answered. Suddenly, the lights came on, and there was Willie sitting in his chair beside the light switch. Happy birthday, Maria, he said with a grin. Then Chris, Jenny, and Sammy jumped out from behind the furniture yelling, Surprise, surprise, surprise! Someone started singing, Happy birthday to you! Soon everyone was singing and laughing. Maria just stood there, mouth open, looking from one to the other. But today isn't my birthday. Tomorrow is, Maria said. Right, Chris said. You said no one could ever surprise you, but it looks like we did. As soon as the song finished, Maria heard Dad's voice in the hall. I don't think I can hold him any longer. Here he comes. A big mass of black fur and pink tongue bounded into the room. For a few moments, Bonzo and the kids made so much noise nothing else could be heard. He tried to lick everybody and bark at the same time. Maria put her arms around Bonzo's neck and buried her face in his fur. Oh, Bonzo, I'm so glad you came, she said into his ear. She looked up and saw Tony smiling from the kitchen door. I heard about this party from Jake, so I decided I'd arrange my schedule to be here. I had to come to town anyway. Why not today? That evening, after everyone had gone home, the Vargas family sat in the living room talking over the wonderful party. Yo-Yo curled up in Mother's lap trying to stay awake. Chris and Maria sat down with Dad on the sofa. Maria, Dad began, reaching an arm around each of them and pulling them close. I understand you were pretty mad at Chris on your raft trip. I'm sorry you thought Chris had said bad things about you to get you into trouble. When you heard us talking that night, Chris had just told me something you'd said. Yeah, Chris chimed in. You said nobody could ever surprise you on your birthday. So we planned a surprise party for the day before your birthday. It was the best surprise, Maria said. Then she frowned. I've got something to say. Maria paused and took a deep breath. Chris, I'm sorry for being mad at you on the trip. I'm sorry I listened at your door, but when I asked you about it, you wouldn't tell me. 
I'm sorry, too. I didn't think I could tell you what we were talking about, Chris said, but I shouldn't have let you believe you were going to get into trouble, either. Maria grinned. You're right. Neither one of us was very thoughtful. Dad gave both Maria and Chris a tight squeeze. It's always important to think about how our actions make other people feel, even if we think we're doing something good for them. Chris and Maria nodded. We understand, Chris said. He looked at Maria. We did surprise you, didn't we? You sure did, Maria said. I never guessed I'd have a party the day before my birthday. Well, that's why we did it, so you wouldn't guess. Um, Chris, Maria said, I'm, I'm glad you're my brother. Chris's face turned pink as he ducked his head and smiled. After a moment, he looked at Maria and said, Hey, didn't Bonzo look funny with a party hat on his head and frosting on his nose? The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.